discussing one, two, three. This is Lamamport. Cinema files are finding their way to the new cinematography house. And once again, our cinemas are open for the boys. Don't forget to send your telegrams to Lamamport at Lamamport. Or call us at London 348. We have courier boys stationed at most of the major bridges. Couldn't be easier to get in touch. And down we carry. Show your support for the boys. <laughs> Show your support for the boys back home by buying the gramophone records and let's make a horror movie. Full collection now available in his mouse's voice. Hello, London 348. Let's make a horror movie. Horror, horror, horror movie? How'd you like these memories? Clarence? Let me just uh, cradle your head there for a second, Mr. Butler. We're a long way for God knows, son. Ah, yes. Subtitles. Fucking give you some stones, man. Let's make a horror movie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural annual return of Let's Make an Horror Movie Podcast. Oh, well, he's been in acting classes, hasn't he? Mm, thanks, Tony. He's been spending his year wisely. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's clearly well, at least taken... one of us has been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly isn't us, or at least me. Uh, welcome to Let's Make a Horror Movie, everybody. You're Dave. You're John. Still. Still John. Not that one. Not the other one. Heaven, he's the new Bond. Heaven for fa- <laughs> Is he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's I, thought, I thought I saw him in the runnings. I mean, that's if he's not leader of the Tory party next. Well, that's a, that's always an option. Anyway, look, uh, welcome to the new episode, episode thirty-four of Let's Make a Horror Movie podcast. This is the well, uh, technically occasional. Let's say it's the occasional podcast where each episode, one of us will pitch a horror movie idea that doesn't exist that they would like to see to the other host, and the other host who hasn't heard that idea will sort of react on the fly, off the cuff, throw in some ideas. Kick some names about, kick some, make yeah, some stupid kinds, voices. All kinds, and then at the end of all that, out comes a finessed, finished <laughs> movie. <laughs> a newly birthed piece of creative content. Yeah, and it's not a sequel or, or a prequel or a trilogy. It'll be something completely new. Unless it's sequels or trilogy month. Absolutely. Uh, In those cases, I mean, there's always exceptions. There's always <laughs> exceptions. They, they right? kind of I mean, have like, to be sequels. Obviously, it goes without saying if it's not sequels month or prequels month. Anyway, so, so that's, that's the point of the podcast. At one is feedback on last episode's pitch, which was now almost a year ago. So uh, we'll see what we've got in the bin. Common ground. Common ground. Your first one. Act two is, well, nowadays it's sort of sponsorships, sister mm-hmm. podcasts. We do Cultural some we've got our in-house. We've got our in-house business, fuckoffeggs.com. Yep. Uh, so we'll be talking about a lot of those yeah. products. It's been a quiet year for Let's Make a Horror Movie. It's not been a quiet year for Let's Make a Horror Movie, Inc., Oh god, yeah. the ink's been going crazy. Ooh. And then Act 3 is the pitch itself. That is basically the podcast. Everything before and after is just fun for <laughs> us. And Act 4 is normally a quick title search for the idea. And that is basically the podcast. And there's a whole load of shit. There's lots of ways of getting in touch. And the website's let's make a horror movie.com. Yep. At Lamampod on. That's it. L M A H M Pod on Twitter. Let's make a horror movie on Instagram. Yep. Let's make a horror movie at gmail.com. You Crucially. can write into us. That is obviously where you pen all of your response emails to before you save them mm. to the drafts folder. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's how that works. Yep. So anyway, we've been out of commission, if you like, for a year, and that is no accident. Recently, we had actually moved the podcast to a, a by request podcast. Oh, yeah. And actually, yep. this one only happened because Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, just before she passed, mm. requested that we record an episode for her this year. That's all right and proper and uh, full respect, which is, you know, we had that preemptive year of mourning. Followed by slightly less mourning, I suppose. Well, I uh, guess that was our own personal mourning. So we had the sort of preemptive year of official Lamampod mourning. That's right. And then me and you both felt we needed a bit of extra time. 100%. Long story short, this one's for you, Liz. The reason we've not been here is I've been on strike. Ah. I've been on strike for a year. There was that. I wasn't going to mention it. There was a huge pay dispute. Let's just say it's been resolved. We're all squared up in terms of the merch. I think the less Um, said, the better. The So, happy celebrations all around, Dual celebration. Dual celebration, albeit one of them slightly morbid. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Both of them made up. Well, no, she is dead. Oh, she's dead for sure. Mm. Oh, she's for sure dead. Well, I say that. I say that. Have, what have you seen? Well, I think she might be living in Argentina. Just in case you guys hear anything untoward, I guess throughout the episode, it's possibly because we've opened the Le Mans Port archives? Yes, yeah. I mean, some people say that they opened themselves. Many people say that. 
Uh, that's well, the common. I said that. That's I you. Said you've that. said that many, many subsequent I people. I don't trust them. I think this haunting is now oh, following haunt- us. And the, the haunting of episode thirty-two was it three? Three was common ground. Oh, was it common ground? Common ground was the common ground one. was the haunted yeah. one. Oh, how quickly you forget! I well, time passes. <laughs> that makes mockery of us. Uh, it does. It does. Anyway, so yeah, we've opened the archives, the haunted archives of yep. Lamont Bog. They, they date back to possibly, I think, the turn of the 20th century. Don't I think they? it was the re- yes, first recorded sounds. Don't ask they were how us. or why. No, you, you don't want the answer, and you'll you'll be angry when we make it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think the plan is to sort of spatter uh, archive clips through yeah, true horror style, blood through, splattered. Yes, exactly through that. So uh, listen out for those, I guess. Mm. Fellas, uh, lovely to have you both back. I've got to say, I've missed it myself. Been a bit busy with the old radar, doing the old radar in it. But yeah, glad to be back behind the mic, dusting off the old boards. Welcome to Act One. The oh, boards, yeah, eh? To say. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we're not acting, Tony. Yeah, I think you dust off the boards. Wait, you tread the boards in acting. You well, you're du- dusting du- them off. But He's you go- talking about the soundboard. You don't want to tread on dusty boards. Anyway, look, welcome to Act 1. So this is normally the act in which we get feedback on the last episode, which was John's first ever pitch. Um, Have you checked the emails? Uh, yes, and there weren't any. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. I got some feedback on it. It was terrible, honestly. What, it, what the feedback's terrible? or the... No, no, my, yeah, it was a very poor pitch. I had no feedback on my end um, for common ground. I guess that means it's perfect. Oh, I think it means it's perfect. Yeah. That's normally the assumption we make, isn't yes. it? That it's perfect. Yeah, but so that's, that'll be in production then. That's good. During this last year, I don't know about you, but mm. you know, I've been looking at different income streams because fuck off eggs. Obviously, it's good, mm-hmm. but it's not great. You know, we've all been through tough times in COVID. I had to look at selling my perishable foodstuff collection. Oh yeah, didn't get as much for it as I thought I would. What was surprising about the perishable foodstuff collection mm. is that a lot of them, after a certain period of time, all look the same mm. in a plastic bag. And I think this is where I run into a bit of the issue because the customers were having to take on faith as to what was oh, in yeah, the bag. Th- this based was on sprouts, the label. this was broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we mixed up the bag. Yeah, that was a loaf of, you know, yeah. seven grain wheat bread. Yeah, yeah. That this is a and, and to be fair, the perishable food collection was built on its integrity, mm. you know, and, and so as soon as that starts to be questioned, I can see where the monetary value in that might drop oh, well, off. I mean, yeah. Swing and a miss. That's okay. I thought that was a. I thought that was a pretty, pretty big. It's sort of like the new museum in Egypt. If you want to go and look at Egyptology and stuff, that's the place to go. Yeah. My perishable, perishable food foods. stuff collection yeah. was basically the equivalent. I mean, I mean, the integrity is there in a the sense that once they are liquid in bags, mm. you have therefore proven that they were perishable. I did have that exhibition going where it was the evolution of perishable food stuff. Mm. And of course, that was a lot of bag related. Yeah, but it came a lot of it. A lot of it was the after. It's the yeah, before yeah. was the no, problem. No, the before. Yeah, really... It's just photos for the before. Yeah, and again, right day. I think this is why we didn't sell a lot of tickets because mm. you'd have a photo of the bread and then a mm. bag with liquid in it. Well, and you set it up as a big travelator that you would travel through the museum, and you set that at a very quick pace. <laughs> it was very quick. I felt people wouldn't have the patience. We wanted to honest. get people to the unknown bags as quickly as possible because mm. it's like the the London Dungeon part. Of the perishable food stuff store, yeah, where like, oh, what flicker. was this? It was in the yeah. freezer, but we don't know. When you're moving around about 25 miles an hour, then yeah. it's, it's quite <laughs> difficult to get that atmosphere to build up. That's it. But as I say, I think it was important to just get people through numbers. You know, I did that to make a bit of money. Well, when I was on strike, I set a new company up called Cockney Kickins. <laughs> oh yeah, Cockney yeah. Kickins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's a, you know a sort of uh, on-demand, non-lethal intervention. As in kicking, as yeah. in getting kicked yeah, yeah. in. <laughs> so there's a juxtaposition there between some, you know, between the the, the Cockney, the yeah, yeah. famously Lovely. English, it, it, and a kicking, which is a more Scottish sort of phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I brought those two things together for the Cockney kickings. Diverse. Yeah, that's what we like. That's it. Yeah. Afternoon. The, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. Are you, you Mister Watterson? I certainly am. Time for a kicking, sir. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> bish bash bosh. <laughs> that's from your friends down the factory. <laughs> what you I know. like about them is the anonymity. And they don't have an age limit. Yes, so, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. of my friends. It was quite a diverse. Bloody hell, I've, yeah. so I've sent them That's some it. of them. Obviously, because we're they're you know related to the show, we got a freebie. Actually, mm. we should say out you know we should announce that we got a freebie. And well, I it's, a, it's it. a conflict of interest. It's a company I started. And <laughs> quite happy to yeah. declare that conflict yeah. of interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are the Cockneys are they like Uber drivers? So like in terms of their employment status, so they're like gig, oh yeah yeah. I, I don't carry any liability for anything. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You're not, you're I'm not even sure if they're Cockneys. A lot of that's in my head. Mm. You know, I imagine the scene. I can't be at every kick in. 
I started Le Mans poured wine. Oh wow! Yeah, great. So yeah, I'm not. It, it, I'm a bit hazy on what wine is. So oh, yeah, okay. W h i n e. Yes, I mean you know legally yeah, speaking, it, it's a wine type drink. You right, know, it's right, a wine right. flavored drink. But yeah, that's going great guns. That's good. Is it alcoholic? I think so. Some people have gone blind. Oh, that's, a, that's one of the side effects, isn't it? Blindness is a guarantee. Well, yes, it is. That's so usually I'd say, your, I'd say yeah. yes, it is alcoholic then. Yeah. By, by the yeah. sounds of it. I mean. I think so. Black wine, is it? No, no. It, it's that same sort of shade as de-icer. Mm. You know, that sort of de-icer blue. blue. Yes. Yeah, like a raspberry slushy. Yeah, like friendlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The kids love that sort that's of stuff. That's the kind of wine so. that I will drink. I mean, so, I drink de-icer, so, you know. To be fair, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover between it. Um, <laughs> in the booth but they're not getting uh, they're not oh, getting the vocal action interesting I think that sounds like Tony's bringing he's bringing foot back I think he is he's yeah, bringing foot back I mean, and when you not... do it it's a very nice tarp you've made him so yeah, uh, a... yeah I suppose well we spoiled him really well there you go well, here we are so in act two then I had mm. some fuck off eggs housekeeping to Sorry. do so we've had a few complaints oh yeah so we so, well, a, a I complain about those complaints because that breaches the wall of silence rule right so, yeah it does it really does I, I see your complaint complainers and I a lot ra- of the I complaints came in on discord oh right yeah, okay because, yeah, yeah because we've been banned from all the other stuff yeah yeah so yeah I yeah. got banned from telegram the other day I yeah. forgot to tell you that by the way sorry about that yeah 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 um, we are still on OnlyFans though Sorry, I'm getting distracted, but the... the well, I don't like complaints, so I'm trying to deflect <laughs> so, you. <laughs> the complaints were about... You know, on our food line, they were about the bamoli. Oh. Um, so, just to clarify, the bamoli dip is pronounced bamoli, not bumol. Okay? Oh. So, the chips and cheese dirty bamoli mm-hmm. is dirty bamoli. Right? I mean... The bamoli yeah. in the filthy oh. line is bam- also pronounced bamoli. I've got to say, didn't even cross my mind until somebody asked me about it the other mm. day. It's got an accent on yeah. the on the e. Yeah, I mean it's like Bumoli. you know like, bumoli. You wouldn't be look, looking to order a filthy bumhole. And if you are, shame on you. Mm. If you well, you know, I mean, look, it, it takes all sorts. But if that's what you're looking for, you're not going to get it from fuck off. I know I'm more prudish than that. Shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whilst you're all listening, we've got a new uh, product, Triffid nuts. Oh, finally! Nuts. Yeah, I know. So we've been talking Devilously about we've to, talked about yeah. this. Yeah, they're, they're hard to harvest. Yes. for sure. Uh, but they will help with your food and heating bills. And they give off a phosphorescent. They glow. are nuts, though. Not yeah. just again thinking of the bamoli debacle. Mm. They're not triffid genitals. Come okay? on, kiddos. We've been asked. We've yeah. had emails. We've had emails, and uh, I've got to say, I don't know if it's funny. I don't know if it's you guys trying to be funny. I but, noticed yeah. that Tony's not in the booth just now. He's suspiciously missing. Type of more fake complaint emails. Oh, you think that's Tony? You think that's Tony? It better fucking not be. Or the gloves are off. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going full gibbo You're on You're going it. straight through that straight through that chicken wire, are you? <laughs> Good luck. Did you have any fuck off egg stuff before I uh, before I move on? No, so I think we've been through it. Obviously, we've got the Le Mans Pod edibles. Um, oh, yeah. You know, that's a subsidiary of the fuck off eggs. Mm-hmm. So. Are they going well? What kind of edibles have we got? Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Just while we're on fuck off eggs, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the production wing, which will help make some of the movies that we've talked about in sure, the last few episodes. Yeah. So they've now got a new Netflix series. Oh, great! Yeah, called The Upstairs. Uh, so I don't know if you remember from a previous episode, we had an extract of The Upstairs. The Mister Misses The Upstairses. Exactly. So yeah. they've got a new Netflix series coming out. So it's Stone Abbey for the, for the <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah. grubby generation. Oh, that's great! I wonder yeah, if there's yeah. a trailer for that. Well, just before we cut to it, you know, there's a sort of stance with a sense of mystery, and uh, Mister Upstairs has gone missing. So. This winter, only on Netflix, two families 
separated by the judgment of society, but living in harmony until now. Oh, golly! It's the upstairs! Where's that Mr. Upstairs? I'll tell you what. <laughs> right back from the theatre. Don't you go getting mad at him, old Bill. <laughs> I won't do anything to him. I tell you what, if it's anything, it'll be our son. He's a nigh-on darn socialist. <laughs> Better red than dead. <laughs> I think I've smashed Mr. Upstairs' decanter. I say, there's nothing downstairs. Oh, God, it's Mr. Upstairs' <laughs> He's been like that since last Christmas. Well, I'm not as young as I used to be. What's that you, old Bill? <laughs> How'd you retire, yes? He was all up in me boat. You didn't touch him, did you, Matthews? I touched nobody, nothing. Mr. Upstairs, the loving benefactor, disappears. I don't think you understand the importance of the upstairs. I'm getting to the bottom of this. <laughs> the upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> this week... This year? This year. This period. Mm. This epoch. This Le Mans pod period of morning. Experience, yeah. We are sponsored by Big Pens. Big Pens. Big Pens. Great. So, you know, B-I-G-P-E-N-N-Z. Mm. Big Pens. Big Oversized pens. pens for the uh, now generation. <laughs> yeah. For, so, for big people. Big Pens for big people. Big people, big pens. Big Pens for big hearts. Big heart. Big Young pen. death. Yeah. Uh, big <laughs> Big pen. heart, short life. Um, big Pen. <laughs> big Pen. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that's the ad obviously that's yeah, the exactly, ad yeah, yeah. <laughs> big heart small life big pen yeah um, yeah and uh, yeah. we sell a lot we so, sell a lot but... he died how he lived with a big pen a <laughs> <laughs> wee big pen it is hard <laughs> some people actually died under their big pens because they are yeah, very big they pens they are big pens so there you go. So and also, I... we're brought to you by Sticky Box. Sticky Box. They're back again. Yeah. So these... Sticky, Sticky Box. box. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah. was going to say. Was it? Yeah. All we paid for was to play the jingle, Ooh. and it's obviously exactly the same as the previous jingle. Word for word, note for note. Yeah. Because and it, yeah. syllable for syllable the same. Um, we remember they're a Swedish-Japanese outfit. Uh, indeed. Swedenese. <laughs> So, and it might sound funny to some ears, but that's because you are racist? parochial racists. Yeah. Stop that. Get those awful, filthy thoughts out your head. Get a grip on yourself. And get in a sticky box. Yeah. Do you want to hear the full spiel on that? That's episode, the previous episode, 33? Yeah, that'll 33. do. Oh, do you know what? Now, I don't know if you had any Christmas product recommendations. So last year, you remember we had the complimentary elf on the shelf, Nightmare in the Garden. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, look, it's it's similar time of year because this year, one of the hand-picked Christmas gifts that Tony's uh, done his research. Mm. Tony does the research. I just read them out. Sure. Uh, Thumper in the Dumper. That's okay. <laughs> Thumper. Usually, this isn't a, this isn't an OnlyFans. This is a it, look. I'll be honest and upfront. This is an adult gift. Right. Uh, it's themed around Thumper and Bambi. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> it really, but it really does a Bambi's mum, quote unquote, on the entire area, mm. and it's the colour of blood spattered snow. Um, it's not one of my choices, as I say, but t- Tony signed off. He's on very insistent on this, and we're obliged. I, personally, I feel this one's a bit crass myself. You know, it wouldn't make me laugh to laugh about that kind of thing, and I wouldn't <clears> buy somebody a thumper for the dumper um, personally. But that's just because I feel like it's quite involved. But that's said, we, it won't stop us shilling these things. No, absolutely. And look, you know, Christmas is coming up. Mm. Most of us will know somebody who yep, has everything. will know somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what, but Some of you won't know anyone. <laughs> specifically somebody that has everything. Oh, I see. Right? What, what, what do you get the person that has everything? I'm you get fascinated them, in the person who doesn't know anybody. You get them thumper in the dumper because... Right. Crass as it may be, it, it, what it is, is a conversation starter on Christmas morning. Mm. That's what it is. What's um, that? Why does it extend? Yeah. Why does it vibrate? Yeah. Why has it started rotating? What, why is it so wide? Mm. Why is it uh, making that horrific shrieking sound? The whole thing. The whole yeah. thing. But it's a, it's a little diorama mm. that pays homage, homage. To, <laughs> homage to Bambi. Mm. Um, Fantastic. So I'm not going into the details because I think you get from the name... Yeah. yeah, where it's sort of going. I don't want to. Yeah. We're not. We're not crude here on Le Mans Port. No, we are on Patreon. Oh, Patreon! Yeah, fucking hell. I yeah, mean, I know. I'm blushing thinking about murder it. on yeah. there, right? Can you remember how sat navs used to get? I don't know Yoda. Yes, yes. Or 
Really? Right, no, Hitler. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had Hitler for a while. Did you? you fucking... It's hard you to don't shift. miss your turn. It's That's hard to shift. You don't yeah, miss yeah. your turn. He's quite convincing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you U-turn in the middle of the M25 <laughs> if he fucking tells you to. <laughs> Do I U-turn here? Because <laughs> he got the English Hitler yeah, version. Of yeah, course yeah, he well, yeah, yeah. I can't speak uh, German. So, no, it'd be yeah, useless, I mean, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd be seen, uh, but not a lot. <laughs> not enough to understand, you know, the, the complexities of, of traffic directions. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like different lane changing was the hardest one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, God, nah, I talk about that. I wonder if you could get a Hitler Alexa. Um, I wonder if the more times I say Alexa, somebody somewhere is playing this out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I'm the, sorry, the like, I'm sorry, Alexa. I keep asking for Hitler. And Hitler, yeah, exactly. um, Alexa, purchase Mein Kampf. <laughs> you just put a lot of people on a watch list. <laughs> and by say a load, I mean like <laughs> one or two people in America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks to the American audience. Oh, uh, I know, I love you guys. You really got, we can only assume it's you guys buying all the fuck off eggs gear. Um, oh, and the shipping time is absolutely prohibitive. Oh, yet you it, still keep going. It is brutal. It is brutal. So the only recommendation I got for Christmas this year is Billy Bots. Billy Bots. Yes. So it's a um, real life AI robot. Right. It's about eight inches tall. Unknown functions. Unknown specification. Price tag circa nine hundred ninety nine pounds. Right. So stocking filler. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And we don't know what he does. Oh, we don't know what he does. No, you got to buy him to find out. That's great. And that's why it's a must-have present. Because some little YouTube cunt was <laughs> going on about Billy Bots, and now we all want them. And I, I mean, want one, and I don't even know... It's very difficult to know which YouTuber you're referring to. But well, that's a good point, isn't it? I mean, that's sort term. of a catch-all term, isn't it? And they're all advertising Billy Bots. Billy Bot Is it William Bots, or is it Billy Full Bots? Name. No, yeah. Bill E. Bots. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. Bill E. Bots. Very <laughs> clever. Very clever. I like it. Well, I'm going to get one of them. If only to find out what it does. Obviously, we're in a cost of living crisis. Absolutely. So at this time, we are bringing to market a number of cost of living crisis Great. products. Yeah. And the first one off the rank is Branflake. Branflakes. Yeah. No. With Branflake. Branflake. <laughs> right. Okay. A single. Exactly. Oh, I'll let you explain. Exactly I'll let you that. Explain no, it's exactly, I mean. and it's exactly as it sounds. How big is it? Like, what's the kind of real estate of a Branflake? It's the same as a multiple of the Branflakes, but it's just one. Okay, so this is a one big flake. No, it's one normal size flake, but oh. what it does is maintain the price point. <laughs> I see, right, yeah. Yeah, single brand flake. Yeah. I think, first of all, let mm. me just congratulate you. That is truly British thinking. I'm just going to tell you now, I think the government, any any of the mm. recent governments in the last, say, I don't know, 15, picking a number random, minutes. 10 to 12 years. <laughs> 15 find, minutes. <laughs> yeah, would find that, um, you know, absolutely a yeah. brilliant idea. So you still get the product you want, you yeah. maintain the price point you mm. want, and all you're doing is taking a small sacrifice on volume and nice. weight and nutritional value. <laughs> which are all sacrifices we're of prepared course they to are. make you mean yeah. to maintain the price point <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely I mean I hate to talk sort of politics and stuff but mm. you know it is it's our day to day and so if I you know every day day to day every day day to day and then and then if you had to that's what one know, hopes for yeah it's what one hopes for um <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. So what, another, what one, another one of our... Uh, oh, I know, I love a deep cut. Here we are in 1929. The rise of the Kaiser, a distant memory. And the horrors of the Austria-Hungarian Empire are only too near. Those are the real horrors. So today, actually, we're sharing a recipe. Yes, Benny, Benny. We beat the latest talkies. Join us next week for the latest news. Some people say this is only a flash in a pan, and we'll go back to traditional silent moors. Here's to all the Foley boys in the booth. Bring back the orchestra! It's been one year. Welcome to Act 3. Whee! Oh, I like the uh, little timestamp, Tony, yeah. First pitch for one year. Obviously, there we've taken the one-year hiatus as a tribute. A preemptive uh, moment of silence for a year. In advance of Queen's passing. Uh, obviously, yeah, I don't want to imply that we knew ahead of time when that was happening. Don't imply that. I no. don't want to imply that, but if it comes across as but the implication... How else would we have managed it? Exactly. How else? Why, why else would we have taken a year off? The old school way of doing this was we used to start with caveats. We used to say, you've oh, got okay. any caveats for yeah, your story? Sure. 
Yeah, my caveat's where I don't like horror and my story's crap. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> let's see what you got. Well, my caveat for this is similar to Stones of Staness, not the last episode, but the one before. Uh, this doesn't have a finished ending because you arrived here whilst I was still writing the, the ending. So that's why... And I arrived precisely when I meant to. And I know, also I know. precisely when I, we'd arranged. That yeah, I yeah, like, I know. I know. No, there's an implication know, there t- that t- I somehow t- t- <laughs> like, It takes me a long time to write a pitch, which yeah. is the problem. And uh, I wasn't convinced you were going to show until about four days prior to you showing. <laughs> so that gave me four days to write the pitch, which is not enough. But here we are. Caveats then. Sorry. Since we've done a pitch though. So I'm a little bit rusty there. Or uh, yeah, so it's it's been a long sure. time. So that's about it. Let's just fucking go for it. Let's go. I can't wait. It. So your caveat is we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, it's about while I'm rusty. No, I mean if that hadn't come across earlier in the podcast, then that's why look, I was gonna say that caveat's almost self evident. So here we go. Modern day. There's no cold open. It's credits, music. William, or Billy, to his friends and colleagues, is packing up his gear in a small two-up, two-down house. It looks like he's preparing for a few nights away. It's early morning, but nonetheless, he's fairly smartly dressed, so he's definitely dressed for work. A few sips of coffee in, his phone goes, throws the coffee in the sink, pops his head round the door to see his partner sleeping. And he's off out the door with his bags into a waiting minivan, which turns out to be full of friendly colleagues. And this is uh, apparent from the general chat and demeanor. Right? So it's a guy leaving. So we're thinking work trip. It's a work trip yep. where he is going to be working. Oh, I should have said act one. This is act one. Title cards that say the day. So it's just a black screen with like typeface oh, going. Yeah. Like, so Day one or date? Friday. Or Friday. Friday. Okay. So Friday at one, it starts in the morning with what I've just described with Billy or William getting in the van with his colleagues. We're in the van with the team. There's five of them, two younger lads, including Billy and three older men, one of whom is driving the bus. Clive. Nice. Is this like, as in work gear, is this suits? I'm thinking he's smart casual. Office smart. Yep. Presentable. Mm Mm-hmm. Clive is driving the bus, two other older fellas with Clive, and then Billy, the guy that we've just followed, and his mate Terry, all work together. A phone call comes in to one of the older men, Brian. It's head office, and we get some exposition around what they're doing. So, all now all of this happens over the course of what looks like a, a, a full day's worth of travel. From the morning... Well into the evening, so it's darkness. So where have we started? We started in an urban area. And started we're in an urban rural, area, or? picking up Billy from his house, and yep. we go. We're traveling. We're going rural. We're going out of town. We're traveling. Roads getting smaller. Roads, yeah. Roads are getting more countryside-y. Lights come on. Right, that kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, headlights eventually come on, so on. But the following bits that we're about to talk about get discussed during that transition. So during that change. Head office, because Brian is on the phone to head office. Head office is is an international firm of solicitors, primarily dealing in the business of deaths, wills, and subsequent management of dissolving estates. So the team... I'll tell you what, you are pitching this a red hot. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on your hats, motherfuckers. Team of lawyers. Well, no, so they're working on behalf of a team of international solicitors who deal primarily in deaths, wills, and subsequent management of the a subcontractor to a team of solicitors. The team are an outsourced company that largely does surveying, valuation, and other required management of estates throughout the west coast of Scotland on behalf of this global firm. Right, so they're they're an outsourced business. Look, you need... Otherwise, people would ask. Otherwise, people would be like, well, who the fuck are they? What the fuck are they doing? Yeah, you, you may well laugh. I it am might a bit. sound mundane. I am a bit, just because it's, it's, it's a very niche company. They're on the way to the job. It's remote. We find out that it's on an island off the coast, of the west coast of Scotland, about three hours fair weather ferry ride from Oban into the Atlantic Ocean. To the island of Collinsey. I was going to say, yeah, we're out that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're well, yeah, quite, quite far out. Yeah, you're quite far out. But here's the thing. From Collinsey, it's then a smaller ferry ride of about an hour to the now uninhabited XXX Isle. Mm-hmm. Now, I put XXX because I hadn't come up with the name. It's better for the lawsuits. <laughs> so, Let's call it the Isle of Isle. 
Isle of Isle, fine. The Isle of Isle, for the sake They're of the story. If I differently. think of anything better without giving it any thought while I'm reading this out, I will I will update that. <laughs> I was sort of hoping that you there's another there's another thing, right? There's a manor house. So here I'm giving you a bit of a heads up, there's a manor house coming up. Mm-hmm. Needs a name. Such and such manor. The big hoose. No, such and such manor. <laughs> Okay. So, you know, you've got a few minutes. Isle Manor. Got a few minutes. <laughs> Isle of Isle Manor. Um. <laughs> so, so, it's remote, right? So, they're on a minivan. Sure. They've been traveling all day. They get to Oban. They get a three-hour ferry ride from Oban out into the Atlantic Ocean. Which and this is, takes five surveyors. Which is fucking harsh. Two. Mate, hang on. It's fucking harsh. And then from Colonsey, which is three hours out, they have to get another ferry from there. It basically couldn't be more remote. It's a small ride of about an hour from Colonsay to the uninhabited Soa Isle. They've got a minivan to get them there, but the big house should be more than suitable for habitation whilst there. So, they're on the way to essentially value a property that's been left in an estate, right? They've got a minivan to get them there, but they were planning on staying in the manor house, which is what they're going to see. Tickle Manor. Tickle Manor. When they get there. Uh, so that's the plan. The Lord of the Manor died earlier this year, and the inheritors wish the property to be valued and sold. They have no interest in seeing it or keeping it. Oh. At this point during the exposition, which is a combination of discussion on the phone with head office and within the van, one of the older men, Spanner, just goes by Spanner, it's just what they call him, says that this is one of those spooked clients with a laugh, engendering a laugh from the other two older fellas and a question from Billy, what, what are you talking about? So spooked clients is what they call those who think they've inherited some sort of haunted or cursed property or item, oh. and they want nothing to do with it. They just want just rid of it. Just give the cash. Get it sold. I don't want to see it. In Scottish parlance, they'd say, I want short yet, Ken. I want short yet. I want short yet? I fucking short yet, it? No, I want short yet. Anyway. That is pure cursed <laughs> or haunted. No, I some fucking cursed shit, and I won't try it. I am wanting to try that. So, Scottish inheritance of large sums, they're a nightmare. Anyway, but the point is, these spooked clients that they're laughing about, they say, look, it happens every so often, it's always bollocks. Always, it's always bollocks, it's just, you know, superstition, whatever else. By the time the expository scenes are ending, we're, we're at night pulling off the main ferry onto Colonsay. So we've travelled the duration of Friday, we've got to this western isle, and we see them changing on a smaller ferry for the final stretch. In this final stretch, they're sitting in their van, on the smaller ferry, in the dark, they're the only car on this ferry, it's and like they're, all, roll, they're all sat like in the van, yeah, roll on, yeah, roll yeah. off, but fucking hell, is it is it rough out there? Right. So it's, it's rough weather, it's dark, it's dark. Rolling waves and sea. Are where's, there... Bi- where's Billy from? Where's the Where's the Where's the van set off? Where's from? Billy from? Let's say he's from Glasgow. Fair enough, Paul. Alright, uh, let's see that. Spook yeah. client. So he's from Glasgow. That's hey, what Spanner said. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're all like Billy Connolly. <laughs> anyway, so sitting, uh, so they're sitting in the van. To keep out the cold, like, because there's no, like, cabins to go in, really. You know, there's small roll-on, roll-offs, they're all kind of exterior. So they're sitting in the van to keep warm in the middle of the whipping Atlantic winds at night, and the team start looking for something to entertain them. When challenged, Billy says he's been listening to a podcast about, what do we call it? Manor? Tucklemas. Tucklemas Manor. So he's been listening to a podcast about Tucklemas Manor. Since he found out he was going to be on the job... And he's got the last episode all, like, ready to go. So they're like, great. Cue scenes of them putting that last episode on. Much of which is made as unsettling as possible. Ooh. This is basically, if you can imagine the scene, the five of them in the van, they're all now silent, and you've got this atmosphere. So, like, this, like, rolling waves, whipping winds and rain. And little did they know, when arriving at Tickle's Manor, (laughs) that... The home had a horrible bloody well, history. Well, so no, yeah, so here's the thing. So, is someone telling us spooky tales about Tickleman's Manor and getting ready to go and visit it? So, like, it's one of those live recording while oh, they're like doing a do- the like investigation a yeah, yeah. podcast, like a documentary podcast type thing. It's all suitably spooky and unsettling, and it's the podcaster giving us some... Um, 
context around like the, the sort of spooky tales of the man you know it, it's very cliche but it's sure. at the same time it's easy to unsettle the audience so with. i'm on the ferry now and uh yeah exactly yeah 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 the wind's yeah. picking up and uh, i want more of the man i can i can see the island that exact kind of thing that exact kind of thing so it's all suitably spooky and unsettling and it ends with the podcaster approaching the island as you just anticipated i.e. the one the audience and us, the team, are approaching now, the same island. And the podcaster ends by saying to look out for the final episode coming in a few days. And also a sound of him sounding very surprised before an abrupt finish. Now this creeps us all out because A, they're approaching the island now themselves at night. So the very island that we were getting spooked out about, we're looking at and getting closer to. Albeit it's dark as hell. Albeit it's dark as hell, but we maybe get an outline against the moon or something. Uh, But also, B, because, and this is more important, because Billy points out that that episode dropped over six months ago, and he thought that that was the final episode, right? He's just looking at the episode list, six episodes, right? Six episodes. Wrong-footed Billy. Thought that was the final episode. But it seems the final episode never came out. And checking this guy's social media channels, nothing on there since the time, except a bunch of existing listeners uh, sharing scary ideas of what might have happened to the podcast. Right? So they just they just arrived in their own story, okay? But I sort of. So they're then off the ferry, driving in a scary darkness. <laughs> so they arrive at the manor, only to see a light on expecting oh, that they were just going to walk in and set up their camping gear and the fact that the gates were locked and stuff. This yeah, Spanner, is that a light on? This is, is now a, a surprise. Is that a fucking light? Spanner, is that a light? <laughs> aye, 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 aye. Fucking shouldn't he be? Shouldn't Terry, he be? can you see that? It's supposed to be a fucking ruin. Well, not a ruin, eh, but he died, like, at the beginning of the year, like, nine months ago, man. Like, Sake, uh, Billy, man, stop freaking me out. Somebody's made a fucking mess, like, somebody's made a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> without going into detail we're contriving scares out of this creepy situation as the men variously talk amongst themselves before entering the house to find somebody in there you fucking go in <laughs> you would be right hey. yeah, it doesn't matter it could actually be the most mundane explanation ever but given the circumstances and the environment and just everything that's led out. up to that point you're gonna be freaked out if you're the like person, I would be the person man in the ferry was probably cackling like, oh, Good luck on the island, Good luck on the island. Never going to take on my satellite, lads. Why? Nobody's been there for years. I'll be picking you up, shivering here tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. I'll be back here Monday at night. See you here, eh? See you here. Like, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, whatever yeah. you want to do it, he freaks them the fuck out, or the audience, whatever. But yeah, that's a great shout, like that. So they've kind of gone into this house, there's lights on, it shouldn't be. It should be completely empty. That's yeah. why they're there. That's the whole point. They were told, you'll be able to just set up your camping gear in this property. You'll be fine. Like, it's perfectly habitable. It's yeah. just, there's nobody there. So that was their plan. So it's like, they're, they're all turned around right now. But they don't have a lot of choice. Anyway, things get weird further when the woman there claims that she is the house help for the Lord, who's Ooh. still living upstairs. So they've met a woman inside. Can we do we get any description of this of the woman? Yeah. Uh, let me see. She's giving off creepy as hell vibes, but claims, "quote There's still some of us here." End quote. Amongst still her, some of us here. Yeah. Fuck amongst her vague and unsatisfying answers, nonetheless, she shows them two uh, rooms for each of them in the house and assures them that the Lord is very much alive but will not be seeing anyone. Hinting also that they would perhaps rather not see him either. Hang on a second. So is no, she we dressed in got... like some weird creepy out of date stuff uh well funnily enough yeah so i didn't want to be quite as on the nose as to say that she looked like uh you know she was wearing like old dress but i do think there's definitely something about her that's weird and different i don't know well nobody's seeing you i think it could be the smallest thing like you could slightly make one of her eyes a little bit bigger or like do you know what i mean even with a bit cg you know but just something that's slightly different that almost butts against your brain's expectations like a mad what it's perm. supposed to be looking at. Uh, <laughs> really small mouth. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? I, uh, I don't know. Like, you could do... People, the layer, the layer people have small seen. mouths, right? But if you had a really small one, which was just that tiny bit smaller than the smallest one you thought was viable on a human, you'd be like, 
you wouldn't be able to shake it. You'd be like, is that what the fuck's going on? Well, can I see you tonight? <laughs> yeah. You'll only be seeing him. Anyway, she assures them that the Lord is still very much alive, but will not be seeing anybody, hinting that they'd rather not see him either. Further scenes of confusion, mild panic and debate. As far as the team are concerned, nobody's supposed to be here, that's the whole point of them being there. And some suggest that these people could be squatters. Oh. Or some sort of con men that moved in when they knew the place was empty. Not bad show. Yeah, viable, viable. Fair uh, could it's, be a, it. it's a nice ha- house, it's yeah. probably got some value. There's a few theories put forward. After some refusal to accept it, checking a phone signal, attempting to call head office, or, or anybody else for that matter, further attempts to find any of the staff again so that that woman disappeared and they can't track her down again. All of this discussion and attempts at different things lead nowhere. They're literally in the middle of nowhere. They can't get back until at least Monday. It's now Friday, so they grudgingly decide they'll sleep on it and figure out what further steps to take in the morning. Spanner and Billy are not fans of this, playing the audience surrogates and generally being hugely sceptical of the whole thing. However, they too recognise the futility of the situation, so begrudgingly agree. Terry, the other younger lad, so Billy is the one we've been following, he's a bit younger, Terry's the other younger lad. He's similarly displeased, but more because he feels put out and that he's had his time wasted. Mm. He's missing a friend's wedding because the money for this is good and he needs it for his own nuptials. To him, this is clearly a clerical error, and after dumping his stuff in his room, he storms off with his work gear to start checking out the property like they were supposed to do in the first place. Though, to be fair, this is clearly a spiteful act as they wouldn't have started working till the next day anyway, but he's obviously feeling put out. He's He's just going, ah, fuck you, I'm just going to go and start doing what I do. Cue some sort of end of act one scares with Terry going about his business in this big old manor house seeing or thinks he's seeing some strange behaving maybe staff members and some other really odd shit. Again I'm not going to get into too much detail for brevity's sake but nothing he gets too good a look at before he gets freaked out and rushes off stumbling trying to find his way back. He'd ended up going down to the basement level to start laying out his measuring equipment. He's seeing stuff, we're seeing it with him, obviously, but nothing too, uh, like, nobody there, and he's like, did I see that guy? You know, the yeah. classic kind of, again, yep. don't want to say Turns cliche, the corner, they're gone. But, yep. you know, those kind of scares that you can create. Yep. But he doesn't get too good a look at anything, surprise, surprise, before he gets freaked out and runs off stumbling, trying to find his way back. He'd gone down to the basement level to start doing his measuring, so the atmosphere was already spooky. In his panic to get out, he falls into a wall, only to find a small audio recorder and mic on the floor. Act 1 culminates with Terry, visibly shaken, back in Billy's room for the night, listening to the audio on the recorder he found. It's the podcaster they were listening to on the way. We get the chill of listening to what are presumably the podcaster's final moments, or at least final moments with the device. It's a lot of scary babble, as well as a prayer, though it's hard to make out. We can definitely distinguish the phrase, there's nobody here, repeated a lot in amongst his sounds of high anxiety and alarm. This culminates with a sort of roar or a blaring sound so loud on the device, Just bottoms it instantly distorts it the recording, yeah. it tops it all out, and it, and it ends. Oh, no. And that's the end of Act 1. I like you being a roar. Act 2, Saturday. Oh my god, that's only been a day, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, they travelled a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Most of the day was travelling, then it was evening. Anyway, Act 2 begins as Saturday is dawning. None of the team are happy, none of the staff are immediately visible. Further conversation ensues around the situation and the fact that the Lord is alive becomes a sticking point. Because the whole reason they're there is that the Lord is dead, right? So they need to speak to the Lord to sort this out. They think he might maybe he has a landline or a phone or something because there's no signal. You're in the middle of the Atlantic by this point. He probably also has some idea of what's going on. Like he's the Lord; he'll know how this whole clerical thing's got yeah, yeah. like mixed up. Maybe he's got a maybe he's got a sort of disgruntled son. Exactly. Just yeah, he'll be able to. Treasure, or, yeah. Look, they can't get hold of head office till they get back to the mainland or at least another habited island, yep. which is the earliest Monday. So in the meantime, the Lord is the one that can probably give them a bit of direction. 
So there are arguments about trying to get back to the mainland, or at least an inhabited island, as I said, trying to find a boat, sitting it out in the van, and so on and so forth. All the key options are covered. The audience has nowhere else to go but with them, basically. The younger fellow is a bit more perturbed than the older ones, and there's a lot of administrative error suggestions. Of course, Billy reminds them about the podcast, and Tim and Terry tell them all about the recording equipment and what they heard last night. Which the old boys largely wave away, but Spanner's starting to freak out about it. What I'd quite like to do with this mm. is I'd probably like to bring Clive or Brian. I'd probably like to give them a bit of a drinking problem. Okay. So one of them has brought a bottle of whiskey. The old boys have got pretty wrecked the night before, passed out. Yeah, so they're not like the stable, reliable guys. Yeah. They're a little they're, bit more like, they're like you know. Fuck off. Like, we should yeah, just yeah. done and like, I'm fucking hungover. Fuck off with your ghost stories. You know, I get enough of this shit at home. <laughs> you I, sound like my Wayne. I didn't come here to take shite for a wee boy. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So all this back and forth cues a split narrative between a few of the men setting out to track down the Lord, and the others getting on with the work they planned. Because what else are they going to do? Also, it may turn out that this is all as it's supposed to be, and they need to get their fucking planning. They need to get their surveying and whatever else done regardless. So they, you know, so half of them go off to do the work and two of them go off to find the Lord. Both parties of the team encounter creepy moments with staff, that we presume they are. The team off doing the work are convinced that there is no Lord and that these people are just con men. Given their weird interactions with this possible gardener that they've just met, they're not sure, they meet a guy... They didn't get a proper answer from him, and they start running with the idea that they, that they could actually be at risk, that these people are actually dangerous, especially from the odd way that, that that guy was acting. You know, what if they're stripping assets from the property, taking the copper, taking the masonry, taking the... Right, like, taking the lead off the roof. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole lot. I mean, why not? It's money. People do that. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, money. And they're in the middle of nowhere. So yeah. if someone was to knock him out, or worse... Chuck him down a ditch. There's no yep. recourse, yep. you know? So that's kind of the vibe that they're going with. They're like, okay, this is real world. A little bit scary. Yeah. So they're worried that these guys could do them in and then just be off before anyone knows what's happened. The party that are looking for the Lord... So, so what are they saying? It's just like, are they giving this sort of party line to the, to the staff? Just like, we're just so, here the, to do, so they meet this gardener guy... We're just here to do the survey. They're, they're we're just here to do the survey. Well, you know, no, they're trying to meet this gardener guy. You know, they're like, what, what's going on? What's going on? And they'll be giving them this sort of like, oh, well, you know, the Lord is very pleased you're here. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, Ooh. it's vague, and it's like, well, yeah, but you're not answering the questions, yeah. and you're not helping. You're not actually yeah. giving us like, any look, information. Look, we just got to get these measurements done. We'll see you in yeah. a bit. The Lord-seeking couple, Clive and Brian, meet the housemaid from the night before, and she similarly creeping us out, as she was before. Tiny mouth. She doesn't look quite right, but it's difficult for us to pinpoint why. She's defiant that they shouldn't disturb the Ooh. Lord, like, actively defiant. As the argument crescendos, she says she hasn't even seen the Lord in years. Basically, as you would, Clive and Brian are like, look, show us the fucking Lord. Like yeah, the guy that owns the these house. Are, like, these are two. They're all in, inflamed from having a oh, bottle yeah. of whiskey the night before. They're all puffy. They're angry. They're Glaswegian. They want a job done. Their whole job's getting delayed. None of this is supposed to be happening yep. the way it's happening. So they just need some fucking answers, right? So exactly that. Like, work must. I appreciate it. I appreciate your position. I do. I know I do. I do. I'm just saying. We need to speak to the Lord. You know, but it, it heat it. Yep. More heated, louder, argumentative. And uh, as the argument crescendos, she says she hasn't even seen the Lord in years. Bit of a mic drop, that. Mm. Because uh, though they really had to argue it out of her in a tense and shouty scene, if she hasn't seen the Lord in years, what the fuck is going on? How does she know that Right, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, that's like a whole Eh. thing. Exactly. Eh? The fuck? So anyway, nonetheless, Brian is demanding to be shown to the Lord's room or office or wherever the fuck he's got in the house. Like, show us. A creepy butler type of person appears, new staffer, gangly, but imposing, putting his frame in between the woman and Brian, culminating in uh, the woman, the housekeeper, culminating in Brian's sort of squaring up to him, basically. This is the Waluigi kind of guy, like, just a little bit long of leg and long of arm. Just a little bit. Out of my way, you fucking beanpole. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's where we're at. 
So as Brian is squaring up to the gangly Waluigi guy, we go back to we come back to Billy and Terry. Remember they went off off doing the work. So Billy, Terry, and Spanner actually, because uh, it's only Clive and Brian on the on the other team. So uh, they're investigating a peculiarly placed and very small window set into the very thick and heavy stone wall. So this is outside. They they find a window. They're going back and forth with the plans. They're drawing and they're doing things. And you know, obviously, we're getting the vibe. But they can't understand what this window is or where it's from, hmm. as the other side of this wall on the inside is just a solid wall, as far as they have yeah. mapped. So, so they can't figure it out. The window's just a little bit too high up for them to look into without help, so Billy gets up on Terry's knees to see if he can get a peek in. It's about three inches tall, this window, so like really narrow and about 12 inches wide. It's almost like an arrow slit on its side, oh, okay. like horizontal. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird, so that's why they're having a look at it. The music is giving us some vibes that something is off. There's something strange, uh, di- some distant sound, like a voice making things generally unsettling. And just as Billy is about to get his eyes level with the slit-like window, there's the most awful bellow that turns into a sort of white noise because it's so loud. So I don't know how you do this, but I think you just take it off the scale for the film. Yeah, you just top out all the audio. Top it out. Anyway, Billy falls, so he was remember sort of climbing up, so he falls on that. And in that moment, we cut back to Clive and Brian in the hallway. Somewhere still in the house, still in this heated argument, demanding to be shown where the Lord is. And as the scream rings out there where they are, Brian's arms get torn clear off of his body at the oh. shoulders, with no small amount of reaction, as if something was trying to pull him away from the staff by the shoulders. Well, like straight backwards away from Waluigi. Yeah, I'm thinking like, yeah, pulled away from Waluigi Whoa. by the arms and the arms just sort of come off. I mean, you know, you don't want it to be slapstick, but it might, you know, you got to be careful minging. about how you do it. I mean, minging. yeah, there's a lot of, um, a lot of blood. The staff themselves, though, are screaming at the, at the sound, the Lord, the Lord, right? All right, well, so whilst, not happy about whilst this. covering their ears, yeah, yeah. and before we know what's going on, they've just bolted. Yeah, and a freaked out Clive is left standing, torn between a screaming, blood pissing from arteries, Brian, and following the staff to see if they're, yeah, if they're yeah. going to the Lord. Right. So, I mean, obviously, Brian's his mate, but it's a whole messed up situation. It's pretty awful. It's pretty, it's pretty awful. Horrible. It's pretty awful. So at this point, a lot of stuff is happening, and for reasons of brevity, I'm not going to describe it all. Essentially, though, the remainder of Act 2 is what sees the movie go from a spooky mystery to a survival horror. Right. You think there's a sort of shift in tone around the middle section. This is where turning point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the first half is the atmosphere building, and then the second half starts with a shift in tone to a more blood and guts mm-hmm. approach. Because this is my want, John. This is my one. You are the master of this particular universe. I have the power. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that's probably copyright. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they own the mouth trumpet version. They of do. That yeah, they well. own all they versions. Really, yeah, so yeah, all versions of the He-Man theme. Right. Uh, so yeah, so the start of it is the Clive's left with this. What the fuck? I mean, what the fuck is going on? What is? What choice does he take? Well, let's find out. The window in the exterior wall that we were just talking about with Spanner and Terry and Billy, not knowing what's happening to or with Brian, they're more affected by this element and contrive to discover what the sound is uh, and what's on the other side of that wall. Because as far as they're concerned, they're assuming nothing's out of the ordinary at this point. They just heard a loud noise. And there's a window that it doesn't make any sense somehow. So that, that's their kind of focus. Yeah. It's, it's Saturday, it's the daytime, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That leads them towards the basement. So is that where they reckon the other side of that window yeah, is? Yeah, right? the other side of the window. Yeah. Um, Act 2 ends with Spanner, Terry and Billy discovering a bloody and dying Brian whom they decide to take with them. So, arms torn off. Yep. Clive has clearly bolted. Whether he followed yep, we don't the know. staff, whether, right. whatever, we don't know. If they can find the room with the small window, they think, as in the one they've just been looking at, they can hole up there and regroup and figure out what to do next. It should have no more than one entrance. It has the tiniest window known to man. So, it's like no one's coming in the window. Sort of hmm. thing. So, they're like, let's go there. 
we were looking for that anyway. We've come across this complete paradigm shift of scenario. Yeah. So, like, one minute we were sort of on the job, the next minute our colleague's got no arms and he's pissing blood everywhere and he's kind of dying. He's dying, let's be honest. He's he's, he's pretty close to uh, checking out. Grab the arms. I'm not going to grab the arms. (laughs) Grab the arms. Take the arms. Grab my arms, Come on, man. Come on. Come on. I've got any fucking arms. I mean, you you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I'm carrying you and I'm carrying my bag and I'm carrying thing. I don't have any more fucking hands. Don't take the tape measure, Spanner. Fuck's sake. Come on, arms. (laughs) And that's sort of where we, we end that too. Sunday. Okay. What Brackets a bloody at, weekend. Act three. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot for anyone. Did I say at the beginning I didn't finish this? Yes. Yeah, okay. God, I uh, forget. Act three starts with the descent into the basement level in the depths of Saturday night with a dying Brian. We use Brian here to completely unnerve the audience. So previously stoic and dependable, he's now a gibbering mess, speaking nothing but panic and spreading it with wild abandon. He started to sound like the recording they found of the podcaster, which doesn't go unnoticed by Terry and Billy. Largely, Brian is rambling about how they're all going to die here, in between sobs and heaving heavy death-racked breaths. Getting Brian and the gang through the basement level to the outer wall section is tough. Is also injected with scares. Mm. Again, I'm being brief, but you you know, we all we all know what we would do. Yep. We cut back to Clive running down the hallway. So we're back with Clive. Okay. Chasing a fleeting glimpse of the housekeeper. Oh, so we went for them. Yeah. Yeah, so so there we go. I, you know, I think I, I, that's possibly where I would have gone in that situation as well. It's your only way out, isn't it? That's your, well, they know something. I mean, Brian's... Bit, what, what can you do? Yeah, unless, yeah. unless you're about to somehow... Like, Sew his arms you know, up. Well, yeah, or, or cauterize the wound. Two arms. With fuck all. You yeah. haven't got anything. So, What's you know, unless you're going to do that with a tissue or a lighter. Yeah, as much as I don't like those, the staff, I think I'm going with them, yeah. <laughs> anyway... Where were we? Yeah, so Clive running down the hallway, chasing a fleeting glimpse of the housekeeper. Housekeeper is a better than what did I say earlier. Maid, Housemaid, housekeeper, yeah. housekeeper is where I should have. I should have gone back and this is. I didn't finish it. So, so he's chasing the housekeeper. It culminates in him running into a wall. But after he's crashed into it and taken a moment to you know steady himself, we see it's a wall with a painted door on it. Oh. So the wall itself is is fairly crude, like an exterior wall, but in the house, in the middle of a corridor. It could be the end of a corridor, but it feels like it's just in the middle uh, of what might have been a longer space. It's made of heavy stone. The the door painted on it is grand and stately, like it might be the entrance to a ballroom or a main reception room of the house. There's a noise from the other side. Back with dying Brian and the boys... Spanner has hauled Brian, die Brian, uh, into a corner with his back against the wall. They're exasperated, looking for this non-existent room that should be here. Instead, after placing a finally dying Brian somewhere vaguely comfortable, Spanner sits down with his back against the wall to rest. Billy and Terry are running on adrenaline after the rescue and ongoing death of Brian. They're absolutely shaken. All the worst elements they suspected about this place are now mm-hmm. coming true. Cutting back to Clive. Yep. He's patting at the wall, uh, the sort of wall door thing, trying to figure out if this is just sort of a whimsical thing on the part of the previous owner or if it's something else. He tries knocking, hurting his knuckles in the process. Now, that's all as far as I've written down. Okay. Right? But um, this is how I see the rest of that sort of fanning out. Now you're just ratcheting up the finale. Right. So it's what happens to Clive, it's what happens to the guys in the basement. And if you want, it's what's happened or what is going on. We heard the noise from inside the room. So I was wondering, I was toying with the idea of then this sort of door opening in the wall. It's clearly painted on, but then, you know, supernatural, right? Mm -hmm. So the door bit opens. Right. So normally, as you know, in these things, I used to write like an opening scene or a key scene in the movie, and I haven't really detailed out any scene. And that's because I was going to detail out the finale, but I haven't had time. But this is what I was going to do. We were going to have Spanner in the basement, leaning against a wall or somehow in the corner. Maybe he gets hurt in the sense that he's become immobile and can't move somehow. But then slowly... Huge stones start moving, and he he's starting to get walled up, 
against oh, against the wall, right? You know, stones moving. So you see the mortar getting sort of almost sort of invisibly laid, and then the stones coming in, right, by forces unseen. And Terry and Billy start to try and rescue him, but any kind of leaning across this wall that's coming up around him is ending horribly. Ugh. So, like, shattered wrists, broken arms. Oh, God. Like, right. the stones just keep moving. So they'll try yeah. and, like, grab a stone and it won't it right, won't so you, shift at all and yeah. it'll, like, slam onto their hand. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just, so it's just, like, it's okay. grim. So you've got shit like that happening all the while. Spanner's sort of pleading to be helped, right? I think maybe Terry gets properly shattered wrist or a broken arm. Or maybe, actually, let's say let's say it's Billy that gets a shattered wrist and a broken arm from trying to stop the stones from moving or from the yeah. mortar from being laid. And more fun, I was thinking there could be some iron bits like you would have in modern concrete where you have steels. Like rebar, yeah. But you could, exactly, like a rebar steel, you could have maybe an equivalent of iron going into the stone so that what happens is that Terry, in this kind of last gasp, fuck it, like, let's save Spanner approach, like, fully leans over this growing wall, which is probably about waist height, maybe maybe sort of lower chest height by now, to grab Spanner. But what happens is these iron rebars go through both his arms, and then mortar, and then the stones land on them, smashing them. So his forearms and his hands are in with Spanner, yeah. and there's this wall just around his... So he's fucking walled in himself. Yeah. He, he can't move. And they're all mushed and stuff anyway. So he's stuck in place. So I'm magically enmeshed, if you like, as all this wall is coalescing yeah. together and he can't pull it out. And that finishes off and, you know, all the ensuing panic and scenes around, like, what the fuck is happening? What are we going to do? All of that plays out. But you end up with a fully walled in spanner. Yep. And you end up with Terry stuck basically in a similar predicament but on the outside with with his arms through in the middle as part of this wall basically and billy is the only one who's he's got he's injured but he's free but he's free and mobile or whatever so that's the situation and then my uh, plan was to have some sort of supernatural hunger take over spanner in the walled up um, oh no he's gonna go for the arm he's yeah but he's not just he's not gonna go for the arms straight away he's sort of suddenly talking about being hungry and why am I so hungry? And he's, as I say, phantasmagorically made exceptionally hungry and he's crying and pleading with himself not to start eating the hands and the arms of Terry. And he's desperate not to. And then perhaps you cut to Terry and realise that he lost that fight with himself. Oh my God, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) And that... Is about where I got to, and yeah, that yeah. by this that that whole scenario was going to be the culmination of Act Three. Wow! So, but, so we're going to have to meet the Lord, aren't we? So, oh, because Clive's still alive. So, yeah, so, so Clive's I, in the room. Clive's in the painted room. So he's through the other side of the veil. So where see? my brain was going was it was like the Lord had taken a a host in the podcaster. So All he right. got himself a body. My thing about the podcaster was that he was going to, I meant actually said this, so the window they saw from the outside, yeah. that little arrow slit, he's in there, right. walled up on the other side. It's some sort of horrific, you know, yeah. living nightmare that he's in. Yeah. That was kind of what I'd done with him. Because I had the guy essentially eating the arms, mm. I then thought I might have Clive walking into uh, what is essentially, he just walks onto a, like a huge silver floor and then somehow he realises he's like on a platter yeah, yeah, to be yeah. eaten. Maybe you don't see... I was thinking about serving platters earlier on in terms of those glimpses you were seeing right. of, the, of the staff. Could, could we carry that sort of hunger theme across yeah, to the yeah. main thing? But even if you did that, the way I thought about it is you would see him die in a horrible way, but you still wouldn't get your answer. You still wouldn't get, you wouldn't see mm. who's there or like who's behind it, if anything, or what's behind it. You wouldn't see yeah. it. Like you just, you would at least get the closure of Clive's death, but in the same time, you would get this like, oh, it's something unknowable, which is both closure and not at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, that house has got a hunger to it, you know, that mm. needs to be fed. So the fact that the staff can manifest now is all built off the energy of this podcaster who's been taken and is being drained yeah. to like create 
these golems, these kind of these. He was these, saying, "There's no one there. There's no one really yeah. here." Yeah. So that kind of still works because that he yeah. he by being there has created them. He's but, feeding this but energy. He almost yeah. knew that, that their sort of apparition. So, so him as a living being is feeding them with more mm. and more energy. So that's why they appear real, but they appear distorted. So he's now being drained, and he's now kind of given enough energy that the Lord can appear, and these other staff can appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's given them enough to manifest themselves, but the house is still hungry. Yeah. Because there's something in there to eat. There's something in there to digest. You're like in a big Venus flytrap. This house is now digesting them. I like all of this. And I think the last question then is what happens to Billy? Does he get out? Does he die? Does he see something and die that gives us some information? I want to go back to the ferryman and I want to conclude that somehow. I don't want him to get off the island and be fine. The ferryman did say he would come and check on him Monday morning. Why doesn't Billy make it to the Monday? Gets to the ferry and the ferryman says something along the lines of, the Lord's still hungry. <laughs> I knew you. I was going to say, he's drag, still hungry. Drags yeah. him back. Mm. My lair is not finished with you yet. Welcome to Act 4. There we go. Now we're comfortably Mate, at Act 4. Good pitch, man. It's been a while. It's been a while. Fuck, man. That was, uh, it's pretty, pretty mean. It's no Stones of Stiness with It didn't have Jared know, Butler man. in it. I think we, we kind of covered a lot of the tweaks. I mean, what there'll be a Gallic word for hunger or something. Okras. Okras. That's pretty cool. Okras house. O-C-R-A-S. That's pretty cool. Okra. And would you say Okras or Okra? Okras. 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 There we go. Now you've got such a cool word. I think I just call it Okras. I like that. Right. Stones we're done, we're going with a one-worder, and it's a, it'll make a hell of a poster. So yeah, I think we're golden. So it's nice to have done a full one-year break. Nice to be as back. Say. Nice to be yeah. back. Good to be back in the, in the Le Mans pod hot seat, yeah. if you will. Back in the towers as well, face-to-face, as it should be. And all back in black. We're all wearing black still from the morning period. I think that's all I, we're going to wear now. As is tradition. That's my commitment. As yeah. is tradition. Absolutely. But hey, if anybody is listening to this and has the motivation to write in with their thoughts on the pitch, please do. So if there's you... anything you want to hear from, from the archives, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're extensive. They go um, back to the turn of the 20th century, so, you know, they, they, they go They tend to be back. appearing in their own yeah. order. Last time we signed off, we said we were going to aim for Q1 2022, and we've, you know, we've, we smashed that, Q4, you know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, this was a, you know, this is an infrastructure Well, we project. did that change it to much. by request, and, then, and so it was only because Liz did yeah, her final request. Well, that's true. So I wonder, yeah, I wonder if we will be back, if we will be requested again, or... Yeah, so do, you know, feel free to request, you can do that at letsmakeahorrormovie at gmail.com, you yep. can request it at Pod on Twitter. Yep. You can... Let's make a horror movie on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you could DM us or something on there as a request if you needed yep, to. You could wave. Waving. Um, we still have the, the pigeon perch is still we, empty. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. We could take the carrier pigeons, homing pigeons. Yep. All kinds of pigeons, really. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually relatively comfortable with any sort of trained bird. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Big the, fan yeah. of the trained birds. Yeah. Absolutely. I've possessed the skills to handle all of them, uh, and indeed nice. the gauntlet, should it be required. Whoa. To be honest, that's my preferred method. That is the preferred method. So please do send in your birds yep. uh, with your messages. We'll obviously make sure they're looked after and sent back. John. Uh, oh. Well, they'll be well looked can't, after. Can't guarantee return. Yeah, they'll be yeah. well looked after. John's an excellent yeah. bird husband. <laughs> uh, good at bird Delicious hus- birds. <laughs> uh, <ooh>, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Careful what you're saying. That's all I'm saying. Is uh, you know, they are they are delicious, but uh, I wouldn't want anyone to take the idea that we might. Eat Careful them. what you send in. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had fun. Let's make a horror movie. <laughs>